welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I am Benedicta, and I am feeling appreciated. And I'm Benedict. Today is April 26th. This is episode number 137, and I'm feeling a little bit confused. Confused? That's yes, a new confused. one for you. I've been feeling so confused for the last week or so because um, we're, we're still working on the sign-up flow uh, I, I talked about two weeks ago. And at this stage, I'm feeling like this might be the most complicated feature in using this. It's just like so complicated. It's it's insane. It's your code that's making you confused or the design the, the or the interaction? I, I guess it's a little bit of all of it. Um, so, and I feel like maybe today we figured it out finally, but um, so to give a, give a little bit more context, it's a multi-step signup flow. So it has like five pages with a couple of fields in there. And added to that, you are able to go back steps, like steps you already completed, you can go back to and edit and then continue. Um, but you can't jump ahead. Like you, you still have to like to complete them one by one in a way. Added to that is that we expect you to be able to drop out at any point and come back later and continue the process. So we have to kind of persist what you're doing at least, at least when you click the button to to, to go to the next step. And added to that is we are basically a single page application that talks to our API, so it also has to work on the server side and on the front end and all of that. And it's surprisingly complicated to, <laughs> to get all of this to work. Um, in the initial phase, it was just like Leo working on the on the front end stuff and not persisting anything through the back end. And he, I, I guess the first week, he's been struggling with the same stuff that I'm str now struggling now that I'm implementing the back end. And it's just like, if you try to mix everything into one, like tracking the progress and also tracking validation state of each of those steps, and then being able to go back and forth, like it's get it, it gets ridiculously complex. <laughs> because I mean, the, the thing where it broke down, like yesterday we had a call, we thought we had figured it out and had a solution of how to implement it. Today I go into the code base, start implementing it. It works fine for like the linear like step one, two, three, save it, next, 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 done. Works well. Um, but the way I implemented it was basically checking validations based on the state you're currently in. And the current state is always the, the farthest you went. But then if you go back a state or two, like to page one or so and edit it, I'm still running validations of step five, which isn't filled out yet. <laughs> So you can't edit step one anymore because your progress to step five and information for step five is missing. And uh, it's just like, yeah, it's just a nightmare. And as I said, like, it feels like it's the most complicated feature ever. Um, but are the steps dependent on each other? Is like something happening in step two? Will that change step four? Luckily, no. Um, so that's... <laughs> Maybe that, that would make it even more complicated. So luckily, steps are independent. Um, and 
we had another chat today and I think now we figured it out. Um, and it's once again a lesson in breaking things down into smaller parts and independent parts that are like just like coherent and like doing one single thing. So what we realized is that validation and progress tracking are separate tasks. They don't have anything to do with each other. So don't try to mix them into one. Um, and the other thing is, like the sign-up flow doesn't feel like a feature of the product because it's not inside the domain of email marketing or like marketing automation or customer data or anything. So the feature in itself feels like a it doesn't belong, and therefore we we were treating it as like a, a a small thing on the side that doesn't like that should be as at require the least amount of code and be as simple as possible and not like weren't like additional models, additional API endpoints, and all of that. And I think today we finally realized no. Signing up is an actual core feature of the product. We should probably treat it as one and have like build as many API endpoints as we need and have like as many models in the database and like whatever, like treat it as a proper feature. <laughs> and like not take it seriously. Take it seriously, basically. And not try not to come up with like simple or seemingly clever hacks to make it work with like less code or less models or less. API endpoints just treated like a ridiculously feature um, that has like five endpoints for every page and saves them uh, to their, their own model and runs validations on their own model and tracks progress separately. So that's what we're going to implement today and tomorrow. And hopefully <laughs> we will not discover anything else that's actually causing problems. Um, so have you taken not into consideration consideration okay. when I'm scared <laughs> when, when Jane wants step three to become step five uh, yes because that only changes like the progress tracking part then so we just have to move stuff around on one part and the steps are independent so it should work and also introducing a new step is basically just like adding a new endpoint, adding a new form, and putting it somewhere into the state machine. So I guess it works. But, but if I somebody guess... has broken off on step three, and then when they come back, step three is now the content of step five. Well, right. Because <laughs> I have been dealing right. with this for POW. That's why I'm asking. Because we, you know, because I need people, like the app doesn't really work if I don't have any information about their, you know, menstrual yes. cycle or the tag that they choose for the menstrual cycle. Um, so I've been going around in circles with the same thing because I want to make it, break it into several steps to not make it so kind of overwhelming um, when they come there. But then I'm like, Oh yeah, I need like proper progress and states and all of the things that you've been talking about. Um, You're raising a good point, yeah. Because um, I can just feel at least you are more people on the team. Like I can feel like that's like two months down the road. It's like oh, but step five should be step two. Like it makes much more sense. Yes. And... Damn it! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Let's we're workshopping it. No, just kidding. I'm just throwing a leather something into yeah. into this, but yeah. I mean, I guess like given that we have like validations out of the picture in this case, I guess we have to figure out a way on the state machine to figure out what's the least, the not yet completed step that needs to be done before we can move forward. Basically look at the current step, make sure all previous steps are done. Mm -hmm. And if so, move to the next one. And if the or steps if get the one, unique identifier that's not like a number, then they can switch places because then you can actually see if they've completed yes. step, right. where did you hear about us instead of step three. Right, right. But I, I guess what you're saying is like right now we're considering. You're basically just like looking at the last step they are on, like the last step they completed. But I guess what you're saying is like persist or figure out the state of all steps and then figure out which ones are missing. Yes, because if they have completed step two, three, and five of the new flow, but not four of the new flow, because that was five before, Yes. then you need to send them into that step and not the other steps. Right. Or Thanks you for just... talking with me about this. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just pretend that that will never happen. And when somebody comes along and wants to swap out the steps, you'd be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I uh, i mean, I can tell you how this will play out. It's like, we'll be, yeah, sure, no problem. Switch it around. And then a week later, we get customer support requests with like, I can't sign up. Like, I can't, like, it's stuck somewhere and something weird is happening. And we, we, we spend another day trying to figure out and then, then realize, oh, back then, I remember that conversation I had on the podcast about this. <laughs> Should probably have done it from the get go, because <laughs> this sounds something I I probably forget in a week or two. <laughs> yeah, but it's very interesting how like some of these, as you said, it's like oh we're just going to change the sign up flow a little bit, and it actually turns out to be a, a bigger thing than one would imagine. I feel like that happens quite a lot. Yes, yes, and especially with stuff like this that doesn't sound like it's core to the to the domain um and it's it happens over and over again like i i think i could treat something like as a small small thing on the side that's like just like bolted on but that usually causes more problems than just like as i said, like treating it as a full proper like a proper feature that deserves the same attention as any other feature on the app so hmm. yeah but thanks for pointing out that problem with the <laughs> with the incomplete state. I I have to think about this. Yeah. See, this is this is what's so great about you being ahead. So now I've like thrown this out there, and then when you've solved it in like six <laughs> months, when I need to solve it again, I'll be like, Benedict, how did you solve that? What models did you use? What kind of state machine did you use? Like, what's the right? And I can tell you all the things that we forgot, even yeah. after this conversation. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Then, anything else in the last couple of weeks? 
Uh, well, it already happened uh, a little bit longer ago, but since we didn't really have like proper updates in the in the last episode, I had a nice Vinny vacation over Easter. Um, Woohoo! Woo! Yeah, visited my parents. Um, so it was like a longish weekend. We had Friday and Monday off in addition to the to the weekend, and and went there and visited them. And we had just the nicest weather on all days, so we spent a lot of time outside, did a lot of. Well, not really hiking, but went out into nature and um um yeah, it was just super nice and um had good food and um overall a good time and and Monday night when we set, uh, got back into the car and drove home, I was like, I actually feel relaxed, like it was a proper vacation, and that was kind of nice, so does that mean you didn't yeah. have to take out your laptop and do any support, or were you completely off? I didn't take out my laptop at all. Um, I think I replied to a couple of messages on Slack on Friday uh, because we had a, a, a new kind of promising customer sign up and they had some questions. So I was basically channeling, like sending messages to Jane who was then relaying that information to the customer. But overall, I didn't really work and uh, didn't really pay attention what's going on uh, on the business. And things were running well and didn't break so uh it was it was okay and awesome yeah, i mean a- i'm just gonna throw in the enthusiasm here because like, <laughs> this didn't happen last time you wanted to take some time off like you know that you really felt confident right. that the team could do the things and there wasn't suddenly a server issue or anything like you had to open <laughs> your uh laptop for so i think that's a right. major win and a major step forward uh in being a business owner and not just a I guess luck played into co-founder. it as well but overall yeah I'm pretty happy and uh but what do yeah. they say luck favors the prepared mind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah maybe um but kind of related to that like talking about luck and um server issues we had an outage earlier today uh, once again, not caused by us, but by uh, an upstream provider. Um, I'll just name them. It's Heroku. They had some audits issues. Oh, I saw today. that on Twitter this morning that somebody was saying, like, they commented on their update, which was like, oh, so this is out and that is out. So basically, everything is out. Somebody, I think, <laughs> was, uh, I think it was the founder of Banner Bear, who also is seems to be on Heroku yeah. and everything was down. So. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what exactly happened. Like the the status update they posted, sound did not sound like it would affect like running applications, more like deploying new ones and and, and stuff like that. But uh, like obviously, it affected running application, and we had like one hour of downtime or so, a little bit more. Um, and yeah, just like I, I mean. <laughs> I've been a huge Heroku fanboy for the last 10 years or so. Uh, and that's starting to fall down a little bit. Like, I, I'm le- like, or uh, let's put it another way it takes more and more work to be excited about Heroku. <laughs> uh, and I mean, there are basically two things keeping me on Heroku right now. One is Rails Autoscale, um, Adam McRae's uh, add on which isn't available anywhere else. 
um, and analysis paralysis by looking at alternatives. Like those are the two things that keep keep us on Heroku at this point. Because um, I definitely miss the add-on for auto scaling, and I'm like just looking at all the other options out there. I'm not entirely sure which one to pick. So. Um, and it feels like yeah. all the major one has downtown, da- da- downtown, no downtime. <laughs> um, so you, it's it's going to be a hard decision, I guess. Also, yeah, but. like I mean, I'm realistic enough to to know that no matter what we pick, there can be issues, and there probably will be issues. But it feels like Heroku's having more and more issues lately. Like I like thinking back to I think November until today, like I think we had some major problem every other month. Mm. And at this point, like you're starting to question like sure Heroku has been around for like forever. It feels like they're an established company and they probably know what they're doing. But at this rate, like you could also move to a new provider that's just figuring things out and we'll probably have like problems here and there but again like if it happens every couple of weeks then it's basically the same thing as it's on heroku <laughs> right now so why <laughs> that argument's becoming a little bit moot so but it also might be that they are having some maturity and growing pains and then in another you know six months they will be they've upped a level like they will be a lot better again like they might be having some legacy issues since they have been around for so long and then if they maybe. work through them they will become more stable or maybe they never work through them and these things will keep on happening that's exactly the point like that's or actually the thing i'm wondering like i'm okay with like giving them the benefit of the doubt that they are, as you said, like working through stuff and overall improving stability. So the first couple of downtimes, I I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, stuff happens. I'm sure it would happen if I'd be running everything ourselves and stuff like that. But combine that with the overall lack of progress on almost all fronts there. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't quite feel right. It, it feels like it's, I mean, maybe getting less and less attention. Maybe, I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel like the downtime is because I, they're re- releasing a new feature and something slightly went wrong. I mean, that would be kind of exciting. That at least you know <laughs> that they are working on new stuff. Um, but so far, it doesn't seem to be the case. So you get downtime without getting any benefits from it. I'm not sure how to phrase it. <laughs> No, I think I get I get where you're coming from. I kind of get that feeling. Yeah, you, you kind of feel like I'm a, 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 it's a time to jump ship, like more or less. Mm. It's not <laughs> it's not moving faster. It, it doesn't seem to be moving anymore. And now, but is it sinking? Like that's that's the yeah. <laughs> well, now it's already starting to have like some water leaks here and there. So <laughs> you start to. <laughs> To think about hmm, maybe maybe it's time to look elsewhere. But as I said, like I like during that yeah. hour or so earlier today, I, was, I started looking around a little bit, and I'm like, I don't know. It, none of the options really excite me, and there's a lot of uncertainty in like 
will it just be the same with a different name on it or is it not mature enough and be, have problems because of that because that's also something i'm maybe a little bit burned um a couple of years ago like my first product when i started out with it i i was using one of the competitor products that were up and coming back then uh it was cheaper it was more flexible it was overall nice i liked the team uh were generally nice people but like i think three years in they shut down because while they had like a good technical basis they got their pricing wrong from day mm. one Mm. and were basically not able to make it sustainable and had to shut down and that was like a major headache <laughs> um, so that makes me very anxious about what provider to pick and especially mm. i mean there are a couple of new ones coming up that are basically being like hey come all over from heroku we're the better newer version of it and it sounds like how nice. long are you going to be around like but it exactly does like if I switch to you, how long are you going to stay around and how well have you figured things out already? Uh, <laughs> so those are the two questions. I guess um, this is the time to kick it over to uh, you, dear listener. Are you yes. really happy with a Heroku competitor? DM Benedict with your uh, suggestions. Definitely. I'd love to hear suggestions. And also maybe warnings of like, please don't use this particular service. It doesn't work. Um, so any input is welcome, more than welcome. Um, I'm not saying we're moving soonish, but we're starting at least to make a plan and uh, come up with a with a solution that we can eventually migrate to. So yeah, that's that part. Um, in other news, um, Two nice things that happened last week was I got to inbox zero in like first time in six months or so. <laughs> I had like I, I had like I, I kind of given up on that at this so. point. <laughs> yes, I was at that stage as well. They get like twenty or so emails sitting in there, and a lot of them had to do with taxes and um, accounting and overall business administration stuff. And at some point. I guess it was even the week before I, I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to work through all of them and look through my tax returns for 2020 and like all the questions my accountant had and all the other stuff that was piled up in there and just like get it all done. And I got to inbox zero. And then two days after, I'm getting the tax returns for 2021 to review. And now I'm again at inbox one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, at least uh, you got uh, it done before the new ones i feel at least right. when i finally yes. get stuff like that like i don't have that kind of emails in my stuck around my inbox i think though I, i'm not sure it's kind of a little <laughs> bit of a bankruptcy at the moment um <laughs> i just need to archive things that aren't really that important but getting a lot of those like admin things done like frees up so much creative space in my brain like even mm. though i haven't done anything it's just like it's there and it's nagging you and i know the research behind that and everything but like sometimes you don't have the time to fix you know fix all of all of the admin stuff at least i've had yeah. a year of a lot of admin and i'm sensing i'm feeling now that i've kind of 
gone through some of the most important ones and I can just like feel my brain being like, yeah, work. Like I want to create stuff. I want to do more things. Like it actually, yeah, it's worth it even though it's a pain and it's really annoying when you do it and it's like, oh, it took an hour. Could have done this (laughs) six months ago, but. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, I already made a, made a promise to myself to do this tax return review and signing and all of it this Friday morning. So I should be at Inbox here again by, by Friday afternoon. Um, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Admin Friday. That's what I do too. Um, so I do admin every Friday morning now. And that's been really helpful because then I know yeah. I'll get to it. And then I've been like working through all my admin stuff instead of, feeling like I should do it all the time. Like, oh, I should, I should, I should, I should. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll make a dent in it on Friday and make another dent in it next Friday. Slow and yes. steady. <laughs> and finally, yes. I've gone through like all of the major ones and I'm like, oh, the only like admin I had to do the other Friday was like send an invoice. I was like, yes, <laughs> this, this, is, this is where I want to be at. Yes, yes, I should. Uh, I guess that's what I'm trying as well, like, just like prioritize it, that type of work like one day a week and be sure to get to it and get it out of the way. So, yeah. The last thing I want to mention is um, over the last couple of weeks, I did a couple of calls with one of my buddies from years ago who now happens to run a software company as well. Um, it's called Data Cater and it's... Um, a fancy ETL platform in a way. Like it allows you to connect to data sources, pull data out of it in real time, transform it and send it elsewhere. What's ETL stand for? Uh, I think it's extract, transform, load. Um, So in this particular use case, what we we figured out together is basically how their tool can allow our customers to connect their application to user list without actually touching their application's code. So the way it works is you connect data cater to your database and it will use like, like depending on the database system, either does like recurring queries or hook into some hooks in the database that um, basically send you change request uh, data or What's the, what's the name? I don't know. There, there's a fancy term for it, but basically it, it sends over the change log and then data cater takes that information, transforms it depending on like based on rules that you set up and then it can send it to an HTTP endpoint. So what we did is we created a small sample application and then hooked it up. So whenever there's a new user in your database, it would take the information, build a payload that userless understands and sends it out um and we as i said we did it over a couple of weeks like by having a call every every so every so often and last week we finally recorded a video explaining the process and um, posted it to youtube and i think there will be a a blog post about this soonish that we can publish to the website and and send to our mailing list and it was a fun project like i it was fun working with a with a buddy uh, that I haven't talked to much in the last couple of years. Um, and it's actually a useful thing, like because I know a couple of our customers or potential customers don't want to integrate user list into their application and just like 
connected to the database and we finally have at least one solution to do it. So yeah, that's kind of cool. So it's a little lower level than Sapir, but kind of same same type yeah. of thing, but it like what works directly on a database instead of having to have an API that it that is like created. Cause I guess for Sapir there needs to be like a, a API already created or an integration thing already created. Um but here you can hook it up onto a a database that you own and not yeah, have yeah, to. You, yeah. Exactly. Um and I guess I mean, I'm not sure what, what Stefan, my buddy, would say to comparing Datacater to Zapier. I'm not entirely sure he'd like that because I feel like even this particular use case with like connected users is probably too little data for what they usually handle. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like their tool is mostly for like big data applications yeah. that like process huge amount of data. But it, still, it was a fun. It was a fun exercise, and uh, it, the video turned out pretty nice. Um, and one thing I tried this time, like, because we talked about like how video production is kind of annoying and like takes a lot of time, so this time I tried this different approach. Um, so I basically just recorded my screen really slowly, without talking about it, just like doing the interaction I wanted to show super slow and then i took all those recordings and cut them up and um rearranged them how i needed them and then recorded voiceover afterwards and that turned out to be relatively efficient and easy because previously i was always trying to basically record my voice and the interactions at the same time And that usually ended up with me being a lot of, uh, mm, uh, wait, uh, now I have, uh, <laughs> um, but by recording the, the, the voiceover afterwards, I was just like recording it sentence by sentence, basically. <laughs> um, and it turned out as a, um, short two, two and a half minute video that has all of the information in there and feels pretty concise and didn't take so long to produce because. I didn't have to restart that many times or, well, I re-recorded the sentences a couple of times, but it was only like one sentence and I didn't have to do like the entire segment from scratch. So maybe this is my, my trick for doing those more efficiently in the future. We see. <laughs> I think, I think you could also do it kind of in one go because you can split audio from you know, your video afterwards. So you could also do it. So you kind of say the sentence you want to do and then you code it and then you split up the, you split the tracks right. from each other and then you match it up. Um, and then you have kind of your sentence and your code kind of next to each other in that, in, in that video. And then when you split it up, you just cut out the video part that is where nothing is happening and move that up. I think that's yeah. how also some of these people do it that you kind of more screencasts and not live coding because then mm -hmm. you don't as you said you don't get the uh while you're typing <laughs> you just say like and then <laughs> we're gonna you know and now we're gonna show you how to x and then you code x and then they just like you know move the video up a little bit es especially if you know face is not well i guess your face could be on there as well but it will probably look weird that somebody's typing and then they it looks like they're not typing but For screencasts, yeah. usually your face is not on there, so you are right. pretty, pretty unlimited in how you want to do that. Um, 
And then also sometimes they speed up the video or the like the screencast part, right? So the coding is much faster than actual coding uh, and just make it work with the sentence you already said. Yeah, many ways of doing yeah. that. But that's cool. Yeah. It's always good to find a workflow. So you're like, oh, I can do this again without like dreading it for weeks and weeks. Yes, yes. I, I guess that's the that's the magic sauce ingredient there. Because I've been... <laughs> I've been dreading recording this video for a while, um, at least for a week or so. Um, and in the end, it took an hour or so, not that much time. So next time I do this and I follow the same process, it doesn't feel as daunting anymore. So maybe there will be more videos. we see. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. I think yeah, that's your longest but- update ever benedict from I like yeah, it. That, and before we started recording i was like i don't know i have no idea what i did <laughs> in the last weeks <laughs> <laughs> well you've been working on the sign up flow obviously <laughs> and well and... it doesn't feel like working i feel like more like banging my head against the table uh for the past week <laughs> which often results Anyways. in feeling like you haven't really done anything because you right like it's been a lot of thinking and not so much shipping (laughs) right um so yeah well so what's up with you Um, what's up with me well i said i was feeling appreciated and that's because this week i am the person of the week at smashing magazine which kind of came out of the blue i just like woke up monday morning and i was like what what is this like what's happening (laughs) (laughs) were i supposed to give them something like what what?" um (laughs) It turns out to be a thing they do where you get to be featured on their homepage. And that felt pretty cool. But what felt even cooler and why I feel so appreciated, I guess, is that a lot of people have retweeted and like, oh, well-deserved and and like giving like good, you know, compliments. And you retweeted with a nice uh, with a nice little tweets, little quote. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling very appreciated. Um, And that's. It's nice. It's always nice <laughs> to feel appreciated. Um, feels good. I don't know what, like, what other lack of a better word, appreciated and feeling good. Um, so that was a lot of fun um, to see that happening. Um, I do have, I do have um, on the block to do on the block. Is that a word? Well, anyway, um, I'm going to do an article for Smashing Magazine at some at some point, but I kind of been postponing it. Um, so there will be more Smashing Magazine fun in my future, hopefully. Nice. Um, but other than that, I uh, kind of wrote in my notes, I wrote back to reality. And then in my head, it was just like back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. I don't know. Some some <laughs> sentences in my head are just stuck together with songs. Like anyone, anytime somebody says stop, it's like stop in the name of like my brain cannot <laughs> not do that. So Seems like Eminem has gotten stuck in my brain on the back to reality um, sentence. But anyway, I kept on the uh, bracelet for MicroConf after party, which feels like something I did when I went to festivals way back when in my youth. Like I'm walking around with this bracelet from the after party. It's just like a paper bracelet and not like even a proper fabric one. But I keep like having it on there to, to remind me of both the fun I had at the conference and also to like, keep thinking about pow and like as probably folks have realized by now like i trying to figure out like how to approach this how to do it like where do i want to go like what direction do i want to take it 
you asked me, does it have to be, you know, end-to-end decrypted? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, um, so I keep on thinking about it. I'm doing, I'm doing some kind of reading again about menstrual cycles. I did a Reddit thread and our menstruation, uh, where it's like asking kind of open, like, you know, what apps are you using? What is good? What is bad? What do you want? And then ended up having a really nice conversation with one of the users um, in there that kind of energized me on the whole planning again. We've been, I've been mentioning that before, but like planning and figuring out how we can use that, you know, use the data to plan better. So, but other than that, like nothing to report coding wise or like revenue wise or anything like that, which you know, it's starting to be a little embarrassing. Like at some point this needs to move forward or just like not at all. Um, but yeah, it's been at least like thinking, I feel like there's things going up in my, going on in my brain that will land hopefully in the next month. Um, but then on the queen side, um, as I said, person of the week, which feels good. I feel like that is from my Gatsby work. Um, I also had somebody book a Gatsby emergency call last week, um, or actually booked it during the Easter, but we had it last week and that was a lot of fun. I really enjoy helping people one-on-one. And that's when I realized also when I was trying to do courses or was testing out courses and boot camps, it's like what I really enjoy and where I get a lot of energy is from that like one-on-one helping people one-on-one. So I'm trying to figure out like, how can I do more of that? Um, you know, mentorship or just like trying to sell more of these Gatsby emergency calls. He was very much into the whole brand and like calling it an emergency call. But I've had some people maybe kind of hint that like emergency call feels a little too much. Like they don't want to admit that they need help that bad. Um, so if I can package it in ways that will be helpful to, to people, uh, or something that they will book, because I think it's super helpful. Like he got unblocked on a last feature that he was doing on a Gatsby site for a friend. And like, that was the last thing needed to be done before actually like wrapping up work. So I think that felt very beneficial to him to like get that work done and like realizing how to do that feature in a in the Gatsby way, he was coming from kind of WordPress, uh, WordPress side of things, and like moving into more headless, headless world. So that was great. That got me also deep into related content, which was what we were doing on Gatsby. So I did a lot of code on that for my own site um, last week. I also did uh, tags. So I feel like the Queen site is kind of up where it needs to be for. SEO and that type of thing and keeping keeping people on the page, reading more than just one email and hopefully then signing up for my emails. Um, and in all of this work, realized I need to do more sales and outreach for um, the queen stuff in the same way that I probably should for POW as well. Um, you know, things just doesn't sell themselves. I don't know why. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> surprise. Um, so I've, we've been reaching out to a lot of the headless CMSs, trying to talk to the uh, maintainers of the headless CMSs Gatsby's plugins to talk to them about how are they getting support? Like, where are they figuring out how to do and maintain or like getting being updated on their plugins? And is there um, is there space for us there to deliver either you know as we've talked about before done for done for you plugins or some other kind of service where we can help the maintainers 
of the the plugins at different companies because I think a lot of them have a lot of work and they also have to have keep tabs on a lot of different technologies so I feel like there is space there for us to kind of be their Gatsby experts their Gatsby go-to so they can go to us and get help when they need to update their their plugins or like outsource that to us so having um, at least one or two talks a week set up now to talk to them and then also obviously try to sell things to them if it seems like a good fit, but yep. also just trying to understand the process better and like where we can where we can fit. And then this week, as a prize to myself, I guess, I am allowed to code on Gatsby Transformer OMBED <laughs> when I've done my admin and my sales work, which is my oldest Gatsby project. I realized that I actually had the alpha come out in um, October 2018. And I did a webinar with Jason Langsdorf when he was at Gatsby in October 2019 about the process. It was released in January 2019. So, I mean, it's getting old, like <laughs> you know, 2019. I mean, it's been it's been a while. And after Christmas, I think I mentioned it, it suddenly jumped from 1,500 downloads to 3,000 downloads a week on the NPM registry. And I didn't realize that until I decided I should give it more attention. So that was kind of uh, cool to see after deciding, like, I need to give this more attention and, like, put everything I've learned about Gatsby back into this plugin and upgrade it. Um, And then I saw, oh, well, it also has become more popular. So it's it's a good time to do it. And I was like, oh, I need to do like a big, you know, revamp. It needs to be like totally new. Everything I've learned with doing node code or JavaScript on the server type code and um, and all of that. But then I was like, no, I'm going to do this slow and steady. <laughs> I feel like the podcast and talking to you every week, it's rubbing off. So I actually, today I fixed two things I consider a bug. And then I also fixed um, fixed it so that it can work with... Uh, the MDX plugin in addition to the uh, Markdown plugin from Gatsby. And I can release, ship all of this after our recording, which feels pretty good. Nice. Um, But I need to set up semantic release for this plugin, which I have as part of my plugin starter that folks can download and use because I feel like always when I do something that's where it stops, right? Having to like manually release, it's like it's never going to happen. So I guess I'm going to manually release this version and then set up semantic release so that it's ready for my next fix. But it's been so long and some of the fixes I've done, I'm wondering if they're like breaking changes (laughs) because people (laughs) might have been relying on the functionality, so I'm not 100% sure what version number to go for. <laughs> well, when in doubt, major version, right? <laughs> major version. Because my thinking was like, oh, I'll do this major revamp and call that 1.0.0, like, you know, version 1, because it's still in, I think it's like on 0.1 something is like the version number of it. Um, but then now that I'm doing this, like, you know, slow and steady approach is like, maybe I should just jump it up to one right away. And so that these are kind of signaled as breaking changes. And then hopefully, even though I would call them fixes. So, yeah. I mean, there's the the train of thought that everything like below 1.0 is basically. Don't trust it. Wild West. 
Yeah. So I might, might go for that approach. Point. <laughs> I might go for that approach and just do like an 0.2 version, uh, at least call it a new feature and not just a fix and 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 let's let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the other part of that is and I'm guilty of this myself. I guess like a lot of libraries and plugins and all of it are staying into in in um oh dot one whatever um versions for way too long and like you're kind of afraid to go to 1.0 because it feels like uh a major step and like i don't know like a, a a launch or something like that um but the flip side is that we're shipping beta software for for years i guess <laughs> yeah and it's uh because i I might want to break kind of how you configure options and stuff for like the next major version, but that could be two. Like it doesn't have to be one. Um, so I could like say it's one now, but then I think I'll find more of these fixes that might feel like major changes. So suddenly we're going to be on like version 10 before the end of the month. Um, if I'm going to treat every fix as a, or yeah, fix that bug. That is not a feature as a major change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought um, I'll give it, I'll give it a little go because I can see links to a lot of the repositories using the plugin right in the network graph on GitHub. So I thought I'll do a little bit of investigation, like checking out how how people have been using it, and if I see a lot of people like been using this this bug then um, I'll make it a major change. But if I don't find anyone, then I'll probably just make it a minor or a middle change. Well, there's this major, minor fix. No, major, the middle number. Major, minor patch. Yeah, well, they minor just change it. Number, They've just changed the uh, wording for it, which I think is breaking update fix. No, breaking feature fix, I think, is the new one. Which is okay. interesting. So I might make them uh, features, yeah. which is not doesn't mix it's fixes or is it anyway, this is gonna be too long of a discussion. Anyway, uh I'm have been having a lot of fun doing that because it's getting to know markdown transformations a lot more. And as with many things like encryption and also this kind of parsing of text. I have been thinking like this is like really hard. This is like for the real developers, not for me. And then I am at this point where I'm like, well, this isn't that hard. Like I just need to <laughs> figure it out. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun figuring it out and like understanding how the whole system, because there's a unified project, I think it's called unified. And under there, there's like transformation of text with or trees, I guess is their whole thing. So you can do like markdown to HTML or markdown to PDF or you know, uh, regular text, like natural language to Markdown to like, you can transform between all these different syntax trees. Um, and it's a lot of fun figuring it out and, and understanding which packages work with which packages. It, obviously it's also a mess cause it's JavaScript. So there are a ton of packages and Markdown and, and, markdown, and they all have to like work together. And then with, uh, Gatsby, we can't use the ESM imports yet. And all of all of or unified have decided to change all of the whole ecosystem over to the new way of importing um, 
JavaScript modules. So when I'm going to work, use it inside of Gatsby, I have to go and like find the latest version um, that allows me to require uh, modules. So a lot of detective work as well as mm. like technical understanding. Um, but while I was working on it, I was like, well, this is also useful for POW since I'm doing this where people can write with tags and I'm doing that like really badly now, which is like regexing um, some really bad regex. <laughs> and I'm realizing that I can probably um, do a better job of using these packages and doing it more in like a tree way or like a syntax tree type solution so it doesn't feel like it feels like i'm like dancing around pow with a lot of the work i'm doing even though i'm not working <laughs> on pow like it, it seems like my interests are kind of aligning in some weird way i guess not weird that's that's cool i guess that's because that's what happens like you have interests and it seems like i i have a lot of different interests but they've been they've been consistent for quite some years now and they're kind of work starting to work together. I guess that's quite natural uh, progression of, of interests, but it feels good in some way. Yeah. Nice. I know that was a little bit of a rambling there at the end, but there's a lot of fun stuff in this unified space. I think it's unified or you, I'm really bad at remembering terms, terminology. We'll link yeah, it in the, the description. Unifiedjs.com. Yes, unifiedjs.com. Yeah, I think that's the overarching thing. And then there's the M, MDS, and then there's the HS, which is like hypertext, I abstract syntax tree, and then it's the MD, abstract syntax tree. It's not MDS, which I read it for a really long time, and <laughs> I wasn't until you were talking about abstract syntax trees where I was like, oh, <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> I mean, I might be biased because I'm doing this so much recently, but I feel like, like wrapping your head around like parsers and abstract syntax trees and interpreters or like just like transforming trees is, feels a little bit like a, a computer science superpower because uh, like a lot of stuff just boils down to, to this. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, it feels really, it feels like one of those things that I kind of shied away from for some reason. As I've said, same thing that I did with kind of encryption there. It's like just some things that I decided, like those things are hard. And for some reason, I decided like I sh shouldn't go down that road. But now that I'm doing it, like I'm really enjoying it. And I think maybe it has to do with actually back at university. I think we did these kind of trees for like, you know, compiling code which i still don't find very interesting but having the ability to transform from like the one type of tree to another type of tree in this kind of uh in more of the front end world i guess for me is much more interesting like i can see the transformation and i can see why i need it while i'm like i don't know like do we need another compiler for like do i need to learn how to compile my own javascript code i don't really like i didn't i didn't find that interesting at university yeah. but that now yeah. there's actually the use case and i'm like well this is interesting now it's interesting right. <laughs> yeah yeah I, and at the core it's the same thing like one thing just like outputs an executable and the other one html which in comparison sounds weird but in i mean the process is similar ish at least so yeah, I feel like that was a lot 
of the stuff that we did at university. And I guess it was pre kind of was pre web. It wasn't pre web. I mean, the web was around, but um, I think they learn more web related things in university now at, at the same kind of uh, program. But I've heard some rumors they maybe they don't. But um, for me, like a lot of these things are a lot more interesting when I can yeah. play with it in a more kind of immediately visual or like immediately useful for me in my web world than when it was more kind of just abstract, you know, if you ever wanted to do like build your own programming language or if you like these like way lower level things that I never really found that interesting. But maybe give me another couple of years. I'm here writing my own <laughs> compiler because I've gotten into these <laughs> trees so much. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Like I haven't written my own compiler yet, but uh, yeah, as I said, like it feels a little bit re detached from reality for the most part because again, who needs another programming language? But uh, you're right. Like just like working with trees and transforming stuff and putting one thing in and getting out something else is kind of exciting. It's very exciting, and get and doing it in a very kind of um, structured way that you you know will be kind of future proofed or it will or not future, but like people have been thinking about this problem right so yeah why am i just like regexing wildly for some tags in pow's text like there there are good ways of doing this and learning and using you know other like building upon other like the, the shoulder of giants or whatever uh it feels yep. good when i can finally find that correct correct theory and applying it and i feel like that is one of the things that are really slowing me down with pow is that i am having a really hard time on how to really do the anal analytics good and i need and i know i need to do something with like time what was it called time series analysis or and it's the same thing there where i'm like i know if i just like start digging into it it will probably be more interesting and it will probably not be out of my reach because i did really well in math, you know, maths and and statistics and stuff like that uh, back in university. But it's been so long; like it feels like a little bit like too far out of my comfort zone. But now that I'm playing with these trees, like okay, got that down, and then maybe I can start playing more with kind of the analysis part of Pow. And I think if I get that kind of wrap my head around it more then like that will unlock a lot of the other work because it feels like, I don't know, it feels it's just, ah, it's not, it's just, <laughs> it's just like a yep. tiny bit out of reach. And I just need to spend some time, like you said, like treat it seriously and actually, you know, I'm going to learn this subject matter, not just try to find a quick way of doing it, but actually learn like I did with encryption. Like I actually sat down and did a lot yeah. of work with encryption and I, I understood how to use it in the best way. And now I'm doing that with with this stuff, and then hopefully also with the um, analytics, which I think it's time series analysis. If somebody listening knows like <laughs> what type of algorithms I should be using or strategies I should be using for predicting future menstrual cycles, please let me know what I should Google uh, or send me some great um, book article whatever um tips i'd be happy guess that's it 
I guess that's it for this week, yeah. <laughs> getting to getting inside our brains today with sign up. Uh, totally, yeah, yeah. Syntax All of that good stuff. So I guess we see you around the interwebs. Yes, see you around the interwebs next week. Bye.